What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 666. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. Oh, I forgot to say casually obsessed. Well, we're casually obsessed. Uh, This week, we are finishing off our Murder Italiano double feature with Stage Fright. Yeah, and, you know, not to say anything negative about last week's movie, but this is what I'm looking for when I sit down to watch an Italian horror B-movie. I want somebody... B-movie? What are you... What? Just because this is on the marquee of every movie theater we would go to does not make it an A-plus gold star movie. (laughs) When I when I see an Italian horror movie, an I, owl with a drill. I want an owl with a drill. I want a killer who wears a cool mask who uses every available weapon in the space. Some no, that don't make any sense. No, no rhyme or reason why there should be these weapons, but every single one of them, great. I want characters who make stupid, stupid decisions that have no logic behind them, and I want ADR that is just off the fucking rails. Like, for some reason, somebody bites into an apple, and it's louder than half the dialogue in the movie. It, <laughs> it That's also so true. We had to put the captions on, and we had... All everything on full max. Like what we were casting from was full max. Uh, the TV was max volume. Heard half of the film. Yeah, and I, th- I think ADR wise definitely fills your quota of bad footsteps. I love ADR. I think we just did our three good things. I think we already did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Italian. It's Italian, and it's Italian. Right. It's just a. It's a genre all on its own. It's a completely different style of filmmaking that is. I think I had this thought the other day. The closest modern film has to silent film. It feels like a silent movie, despite having color and audio and everything. I thought you were going to say, like, dream logic. Well, yeah, it's got that. I think that's the thing. It's There's this weird disconnect where even though you can see the actors are speaking English, they're overdubbed with English, and it's just, it feels like you're walking through somebody's nightmare. Yeah, Italian sim- cinema is just modern-day German expressionism. There you go. I like that. <laughs> well, I guess we did kind of already do our three good 
good things with your little speech. So without getting too much into it, if somebody hasn't seen Stage Fright, is is there a way that you could recommend it to them without necessarily spoiling? I know it's a slasher, so there's not really a whole ton to spoil, especially if you watch the trailer. Holy shit, this, the trailer spoils everything. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend Stage Fright? I think Stage Fright is a perfect movie for fans of slashers, especially hidden gem slashers. If you've seen all the hits and you're looking for something off the beaten path, you gotta check this one out. It's set all in one night, all in one location, with a ton of characters, so you there know the body There are so many characters. You're like, I... Holy moly, I'm never going to remember any of these names. Yeah, it's got incredible cinematography. I say that. It's just got, like, really cool camera stuff every once in a while. The cinematography is incredible, John. And... That uh, key shot? Holy shit. There's a lot of fun key shots. There's also... Love a good key shot, I guess? Marilyn... It's like a play within a play, and inside that play, there's a Marilyn Monroe playing a saxophone on top of a building while a killer is going around. Inconsequential to the film, but also the final shot of the film where the credits roll on top of her. Like, <laughs> yeah. it has nothing to do... Is, is she a character that dies? No, I think she leaves, right? I don't remember. Uh, it's a wig. Uh, we wouldn't recognize her without the wig anyways. Maybe she does die. Ooh. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun deaths in this movie. Worth checking out. It's also artsy-fartsy, so uh, that's also mm. a little bit different than... Well, I mean, the characters are artsy-fartsy. Okay. The play is artsy-fartsy. Shut up, John. It's artsy-fartsy. It's not an A24 movie or anything. I, you could be. It's a little artsy-fartsy. All right, well, here's a trailer that's got no dialogue in it, so enjoy the (laughs) fucking horror-themed sexy saxophone music played by Marilyn Monroe. From Beyond the Grave. Mind! One! Kill her! Kill her! Find the key. (laughs) 
stage fright, also known as Aquarius, and both titles showed up on our movie, uh, released in Italy as Deliria, is currently sitting at a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Bizarre. 60, uh, 60% audience score, though, which, I mean, frankly, we should probably just start doing the audience scores, and a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Were you faked out by the beginning of this movie? Because it starts with like, oh, we got a, we got a, we got a prostitute who's on the street looking to turn some tricks, and she's clearly not getting any business. There's a pile of cigarettes underneath her feet. She's been stomp. She like lights a cigarette, takes two puffs, stomps it out, and then we track up her like, uh, you know, silk stocking legs up to her bad wig, and then she's just like huffing and puffing, walking around the street until two hands come out of the dark alleyway and strangle her from behind. And it's like a really cool sequence, but then everybody starts dancing. <laughs> Like, everybody in the street's like, oh, did you hear that? I think somebody cried bloody murder. And then they're investigating. Let's and then they dance. dance. Yeah, they leap into the air. And then an owl man comes out of the darkness. And, ooh, I've got uh, spirit fingers. Stay away. Uh, I think you asked a question in that. It's what. Did, what, did I believe it at first? I'm going to say no because of the building like facade was a telltale giveaway that this was like a play set. You yeah. know, and there was the, the neon sign that said drugs. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's I loved it, though. Yeah. I fucking enjoyed it. What a great uh, idea for a slightly abstract musical to do the story of a slasher. Now, the director, he gets a little weird on it. Like, he's like, what about if she rapes her rapist? You're like, okay, buddy. I don't know if people are going to be fucking putting on their nice outfits at 8 p.m. and going to see this. But I, the idea of doing a slasher as, like, an animated song and dance, yeah. I would I would go see that. Well, of course you would. Yeah. I would go see it. <laughs> But he's got a real cool idea. Like I, I'm skipping over like a half hour of the movie, but he's got a real cool idea when one of the girls dies in the parking lot, and the reporters are there covering this murder. That body is not even warm when he suggests it. He's like, "Yo, everybody leave except for the lead cast. We got a plan." Yeah, and also I'd like to talk to the reporter, please. And how about how? Oh, this is uh, this is a this is this, we're gonna change Life the imitates play. Art. Yeah, like he's he's trying to be a provocateur with the play already and his angle here now is that we're going to change the play to reflect real life and that this play is going to be about the man who just escaped a mental institution and is on a rampage killing my actors like I'm going to change the character's name of the play the killer is now Irving Wallace the man we assume responsible for this murder everybody just knows who killed this girl in the parking lot right away well he escaped the mental hospital so <laughs> that doesn't you, you think there's a beacon that goes out into the air and everybody's aware when somebody escapes a building okay well let's just analyze the facts here so the lead character Alicia twists her ankle director's mean about it and she's like I'm gonna sneak off so she sneaks off with the makeup artist to go to the hospital to go to the hospital but instead of going to a real hospital they go to a like a mental hospital and they're like doctors they're all the same well even the receptionist is just like hey cool and all but like you couldn't see a doctor here these aren't the kinds of doctors you're looking for and even if they were you'd have to be crazy to be admitted here but then a psychologist comes out and he's like hmm pretty ladies better fix their ankles <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about he's like I'm a patron of the arts I love the theater come here let me bandage you up in yeah, my private he's, office <laughs> he's also like pretty ladies with twisted ankles I got this nah he's a, it's, it's part of the Hippocratic Oath he's got 
gotta do no harm. <laughs> and then so they pass by like a like caged bars. Yeah. Uh, where Irving Wallace, who is an actor who went wild and killed like twelve to sixteen people, depending on who you ask. Uh-huh. And uh, he happens to break out and get in their car and follow them back to the theater. So there's a lot of facts here. <laughs> We're girls... five minutes into the movie. No, okay, so the girls were at the location where he escaped, yeah. drove with a single vehicle to the studio. Uh-huh. And he's a murderer who was an actor, likes murdering actors. You're assuming that somebody witnessed all of this. Somebody this is just... all circumstantial evidence, John, but it adds up quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, my favorite part about the killer in the movie is that, yes, he is an actor, He's did they did they specify whether or not he only killed other actors? Did or they just, specify whether or not he was always an owl? Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know. Like, of course, a classic setup: guy in a mental institution wants to escape, killer in a mental institution wants to get out and continue the rampage. Love that. That's awesome. Is there some sort of supernatural bend to it in that when she sees him he like game recognize game sees another actor and he's just like ah yes the thing that drove me wild and like he has to escape and kill them because they're actors or is that just purely coincidental I don't know why did the, why did he have to be an actor he I could don't have know. just been a crazed killer I the coincidence is I will say quite high yeah. the fact that they went to a mental hospital and were like there was a killer there the perfect cocktail for which to kill them. Weird. Love that. Uh, a little much. But you know what? Suspend thy disbelief. It's great. Okay. Is it? Is there something about... Was there a psychic bond where he was like, that's actor makeup. I get it. Oh, that's too much for you? We, like a shark can have a vendetta, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we can't have a psychic bond? I'm Fuck al- you. I'm allowed to make up my own mind. <laughs> Look. I just think, I, I thought there would be something to the fact that this is an acting troupe and he was an actor and then that was, like, we don't get any backstory, not that I needed it necessarily, but I thought there would have been something about the fact that they're actors. I think they literally just, like, accidentally locked a snake in a room and the snake bit them all one by one. Kind of. Because, <laughs> like, the, the, the director's just like, we're locking this place down, we're doing emergency rehearsals, we're changing the entire script and you're gonna get it all tonight. Forget the fact that one of your friends was just murdered. By a potentially a serial killer on the loose who we know was and or may still be on this property. Yeah. Nobody, there's no concern about that. They're just like, ah, oh, you know, they only strike once There's a night. two cops outside. We'll be great. <laughs> they, we cut to those cops like every 15 minutes. All they do is eat. <laughs> yeah. They're just talking about sandwiches. They're talking about donuts. The, eventually, the, like the, the battery on the car dies so they can't listen to the radio and they're real sad about it. It's a classic, uh, you know, like, new rookie cop and, like, old, grizzled, oh, I'm about to retire, me and the wife are gonna go to Florida kind of guy. But they're really inconsequential to the movie. They yeah. are literally the flag at the end of the Mario round. <laughs> like, you have to jump off the hill and, like, do-do-do-do-do. Like, they don't hear any screaming. No. They don't hear any chainsaw sounds. They don't hear any gunshots. I mean, I guess there's no gun, actually. Uh, but, like, yeah. They don't, they don't hear anybody <laughs> screaming bloody murder. I, otherwise, maybe they just think they're rehearsing. That would have been a fun cutaway. Like, we've got people who are clearly dying and calling out for help, and the cops are just like, wow, this place sounds like it's going to be real great. Like, <laughs> that would have been fun. It's true, because they are doing a play that has a lot of screaming and rape in it. Yeah. The first murder that happens, 
on the stage. Well, but we're skipping over. So we did talk about, you know, the makeup artist getting murdered. And uh, to escape the mental hospital, the killer has to kill an orderly. Both of those murders, fantastic. Yeah, that's true. They're, they are really good. So good, we have to go back to them. Sure. The makeup artist gets a fucking, like, pickaxe in the mouth. In Yes. Where I don't know what the fuck a pickaxe is doing at a stage play, but I don't fucking care. Doesn't matter, Looks yeah. Looks so good. She's got to go back to the car because she forgot something, and then, like, on her... Like, you know he's in the car. <laughs> he has the silliest little pop-up <laughs> from in the back seat of the car as they're going into the building. Like, he looks like he's... Like, the car looks like it's something you'd buy at Spirit Halloween. Like, it does not look like a real human being popping up to see if the coast is clear. It's just like a whoop, just like a, <laughs> just a silhouette of a cardboard cutout of a human just rising out of the backseat of the car. Uh, so you know he's there. There's tension. She's going in the car. She's rifling around, but like, oh, we don't find a murderer. Cool. Coast is clear. Maybe he's escaped. He's already in the building. And then, wham, a fucking pickaxe to the face. Like, Jason Voorhees style pickaxe to the face. Yeah, like, force and everything so much so that she crumples backwards and her yeah. knees fold in yeah. like it is wonderful and it's such contrast to the first death of the film which is done so like subtly and artfully and off screen well he's he's like uh he's he's got to escape you know he's, he's sneaking yeah. out <laughs> so an orderly goes in to like you know update his medications or feed him or some shit and it looks like he's going in just to drug him some more like oh i think he's gonna be awake again better put him under <laughs> but at this point we know that he's gotten out of his like um, wrist with superhuman strength wrist thingies <laughs> that's the other thing so as soon as the actors show up he's able to break the bonds of his uh, of his jail cell he's inspired by art <laughs> yeah exactly I think there's some sort of psychic bond <laughs> well maybe he heard them talking like maybe they were talking about the theater ah fellow down. actors <laughs> my batteries of charge well that psychiatrist was like I love acting I must tread shit. the boards once more <laughs> oh you think that's also like the, the, the doctor has been talking about? like there's this there's a buzz in the air about a new play and he's well, got to audition. No, they walked past the hallway. He could have heard them literally say like, oh, you twisted your ankle acting, eh? And he would have been like, hmm? I love this idea that he's just got to get back on the stage one more time. Okay, but either way, the murder is great because we do not see it. It's when the girls are leaving that they're like, oh, there's that Irving whatever. Mm-hmm. And we can see that it's the blonde orderly lying in the bed yeah. and he turns because he's like, oh, I'm not quite dead yet and also you got to get this shot and there's a needle in his neck. Yeah, as he slowly turns, you see the needle like protrude and uh, reveal. It looks great. So one could conclude the killer is out. Do we think he's dead? Do they? Do we confirm later that he did die? Mm-hmm. Or is he just like a, the one lucky guy in the group who just got knocked out? Do you think they just he just sedated him? He might. I mean, it's in the neck. I don't think. I don't think it depends. Matters what vein you put it in. It's going in your bloodstream and it's getting distributed pretty evenly. I think no matter what, whether it's going in the arm or in the neck or between your fucking toes. What like, if it was an empty needle and it was just air? Well, then he probably wouldn't have turned his head. Then you, oh, yeah, that's true. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, first kill on the stage. Uh, the the director has just told everybody to shut the fuck up and get back to work. And the producer's there as well with a briefcase full of cash. He's so great because he looks like he's in the play playing a producer because he's, he's got like a fedora, a briefcase of money. He's wearing like a wool suit. Like this is the immersive part of the play where he's in the audience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually an escape room. Oh, that would be such a cool idea. Like, like you have a fake producer who's going around uh, just like
like trying to like bribe critics in the front row, but it, like it's not it's all fake. The money's got like an owl on it instead of the president. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just like immersive. We should stuff. write a play. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got this real fun idea for a zombie thing, but I probably shouldn't say it here on the podcast because nobody steals it. But yes, immersive plays are fucking cool. Uh, I love just being part of it. Uh, you know, like it's like taking VR without having to wear the glasses. I said it's taking just murder VR, mysteries. Like it's just, you yeah. just like murder mysteries. I like, a, I like a good murder mystery. And what's a slasher but a junky murder mystery? The mystery on this one kicks off when we are rehearsing the new version of the play, and there's a sequence where the owl is going to uh, attack a girl in her bedroom. I say bedroom, but it's just a bed on an empty stage with some junk behind it. You have to be, you have to suspend your disbelief with a play, John. You have to see the the set. Yeah, it's just it's just a rehearsal. You know, like we're not fully built yet or anything. Uh, Willie hasn't finished putting together the sets and also cleaning up this derelict warehouse of a of a of a theater. The place looks pretty run down inside and out. I I have to believe that they're not actually performing there and that they're just rehearsing. This is there a rehearsal space because. Though there is a stage and there is a large, like, open space where one might put chairs mm. for an audience, there are only two entrances to the building and they're both tiny steel doors. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and, <laughs> and the lighting setup is jerry-rigged with scaffolding. Uh, it just doesn't look, Italian one, <laughs> safe, two, sound, or three, inviting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does, It looks like the kind of building that you'd break into as a teenager and, like, I don't know. Do, act. Do <laughs> and Act. <laughs> Oh, Quoth God. the raven. <laughs> okay, so during this rehearsal, the killer is sneaking up behind this girl, and he's clearly not doing a good job. He is not performing. He's fumbling around, and the, the director's getting a little, like, you know, upset about it. Like, Brett, what the fuck are you doing, Have we man? really highlighted, though, that... I mean, we did say owl mask a couple times, but this person is wearing a giant owl head. Massive. So, like, unless you could see through body mannerisms, you would not be able to tell who is wearing the mask. Not at all. It's not just like, you know, Jason Voorhees is like weird, bulgy head out the back. Like, it's (laughs) a full mask. It's, if an owl was human sized, that's how big the owl head is. And it's, there's not, there's like the rest of the costume is not like wings and feathers and shit. It's just like a guy in a leotard wearing an owl mask, (laughs) like a huge owl mask. And he's just like kind of nervous and skulking around like he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. And then he lunges out and attacks this girl. And the director is like giving him notes, you know, like, come on, kill her, steal his Strangler, and then he, he he pulls out a knife, and the director's like, well, "I don't know where the fuck that came from, but let's see what happens." <laughs> and he just starts stabbing this girl on stage. And at some point, everybody realizes, "Oh, this is not acting. This is very, very real." Uh, and before they can like get up there to stop him, the killer just like, "Ha ha!" runs away. <laughs> How owl of a sound. <laughs> and uh, I think we were both having a really hard time watching this girl die because every like her final moments are just watching everybody go like, oh, that's fucking weird. I don't know what to do. Should we maybe call the cops? Like, I don't know, I guess. Like, it's just like a whole bunch of people that you would hope are springing into action to save you. <laughs> well, one person tells her, it's like, it's okay. We're, we're calling. An ambulance is coming. The, like, the police are coming. The, the nurses are coming. And somebody runs back and tells her the phone is disconnected. <laughs> Not the 
like, person to shouts death. at her dying body like oh no the phone yeah. no help is coming like don't fucking tell her that in her no, last you, moment you want to be like hold on be strong stay awake be, hey stay with us here like don't worry everything's gonna be fine but then also while she's dying in this moment the director tells everybody that he gave her the key for safekeeping yeah. and told her to hide it so that <laughs> yeah. you know nobody would leave or escape and they would finish the rehearsal and so they're shaking this poor dying girl <laughs> like where's, where's the, the key, key? <laughs> as soon as she's freshly dead still warm eyes lolling in the back of her head they dump out her purse beside her body and are just rooting through her shit looking for the key they are so over this girl's death immediately well, they're over everybody's death like people really aren't that affected by death like they're they're definitely terrified by the prospect of their own but once somebody dies like oh god that sucked anyway let's go try that door like it's it's great the play I love must it. go on john the play must oh wow go that's on. a good point yeah consummate professionals even in the face of death what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You seem to have a hard time with the idea that these doors... Uh, well, one, it's silly that there's only one key. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But you seem to have a hard time with the idea that this, these doors locked on both sides. As I remember, you wanted to talk to me about it last night, but I just sort of like tamped it down and figured I'd save it for the podcast. No, it wasn't about the doors locking on both sides. I was just really upset at the front door just being a tiny steel door. Oh. I was like, what guests will go through that door? Who will pay a ticket and expect that door to be their entrance? We would. If you so, if you told me that you're, you've got a murder mystery, maybe two murder mysteries in town, and there's one at the clean theater that's got, like, the light bulbs and a marquee and a man in a tuxedo ushering you in, or there's one in, like, the derelict warehouse, and there's just, like, a guy, maybe in a clown outfit, you know, just waving you oh, in. Oh, God! Like, that's the one we'd buy tickets for. We'd take out an insurance policy beforehand, but that's the one we'd go uh, to. You're making me a hypocrite in live time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, let me in on that dangerous, dangerous entertainment. But I digress. That door was not inviting. <laughs> right. Yeah, Kim loves dangertainment.
Okay, well, I thought I thought you had an issue with the key thing, and like I. No, I don't care. I can I can suspend disbelief okay. on door locks. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely like lived in a house for a little while that had locks on both sides. Like to get out, it was you. There, it wasn't like you had a padlock. Did you rent a, a murder house? It seems like it. Yeah, my it terrified my parents. They were just <laughs> they always left the key inside. They're like, do not take this key out ever, because if there's a fire, we're all gonna die. Oh, like, wow, thanks for saying oh, that. God. <laughs> It's just like, in the event of an emergency, we want to make sure that everybody has the ability to unlock the doors. Not like in this owl murder movie. I did get in the habit of, like, checking to see that the lock, that the key was in the in the, in the the lock before I went to bed, though. Like, <laughs> like every night? Yeah, the same way that I walk around our house making sure every door is locked so we don't get killed by a serial killer. In the woods. Yes. In the dark. This is where it would happen. There are no witnesses. Okay, John, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's slow down. Let's go back to the fictional horror thing. Ah, yes, the owl. Um, (laughs) He's picking people off one by one, and every single one of these deaths is pretty fucking rad. Honestly, creative. Points for creativity. He makes sure that no death is the same as the one previous. Mm -hmm. We have, like, an arm through the door. I know I already mentioned Jason Voorhees. Another Jason Voorhees move. Or Michael Myers. Michael Myers has done that, too. Sure. Uh, And he gets a giant screw yeah. drivey thing. Yeah, so like all the actors have barricaded themselves in like a green room, a dressing room, uh, because they know that they, they can see the guy on the outside. So they're just like, we got a hunker down here and we're like, we'll defend ourselves. But uh, yeah, he, he, you know, hand through the window, grabs a guy, which you don't think is going to be that dangerous. Like, oh, whatever. No, because we'll... all the girls are like, smack, 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 stop, <laughs> smack. And then he has a drill that goes yeah. through the door Fucking and through his guts. Body double style. Uh, or the slumber party massacre style drill through the door. It looks so good. Also, in the chaos of this, where they're trying to like get his arm off, they spill a bottle of fake blood on the floor, and then the next shot is like a whole bunch of real quote unquote blood hitting, going on top of the fake blood and being even darker. And like, oh, that's how you know it's real. <laughs> Man, I love a I love a drill kill. It's good every time. Uh, you know what? It is very good, but still not the best kill in this movie. The absolute best kill in this movie is the raptor kill of the pregnant girl, who I don't know what her role is in the play. I don't know. Maybe she was the Marilyn Monroe playing the saxophone. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Or or she could have just been like a stagehand because her and her boyfriend spent much of the movie just like behind the sets, like whispering about being pregnant and keeping the baby. Yo. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, we're going to keep this one this time. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Love's going to solve kiss, the kiss. day. She uh- has morning sickness at midnight hey it's anytime sickness chon i I wasn't planning on bringing that part up but the point is she's throwing up in a sink and her boyfriend finds her that's how they know that she's pregnant and she's talking about like oh yeah no i'm definitely pregnant again and we're gonna keep it and don't worry baby i love you kiss 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 on your gross vomit mouth It was really fresh. It was like 30 ah! seconds from vomit to love kiss. They didn't. She didn't rinse. There's no, like, whatever. Like, yeah, you like rinse out, wipe off, have a kiss. Like, don't worry. I know it sucks. I'm sorry. I'll be here for you rubbing your back and getting you whatever sort of weird pickle peanut butter combo you want for the next nine months. But like, goddamn, she's definitely like, she definitely tastes like vomit. I know. And I know you're working. You might not have a toothbrush or, you know, access to some gum. There Maybe just no like excuses. mouthwash with a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Anything. 
anyway, yeah. So she gets uh, she falls through the rafters up in the uh, at the upper area. I guess the rafters. The, <laughs> they're in the rafters looking for the fucking owl killer because they spotted him up there. Because with owls go up to the rafters. It's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. They think they find him, but and then they hit him with an axe a few times. The director's like, "I've had enough of this fucking shit. Fuck you, boy." And uh, they they pull the owl mask off only to reveal it's Brett. Oh no, poor Brett. Brett in, in, in the understudy costume. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, he was originally the killer in the play. Obviously, he's been tied up since this killer's shown up on the building. But while they're skulking around trying to find the owl and avoid dangerous parts of the rafters that are falling apart, this girl falls through the floor and is hanging on for dear life. But clearly below, the killer's got her, and he's trying to yank her down. But the rest of the cast is trying to pull her up until they grab just the upper half of her fucking torso. Yeah, and there's like guts and entrails and a bit of like the the end of her spine. Did you have any idea what happened at first? I w- it was so jarring and sudden. One, I was just like, holy shit, I love this. Yeah. But two, I was like, she pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's balls. At first, I thought that- The balls on that death. <laughs> I thought at first that they just ripped her in half. Because clear- here's the other thing to remember- uh, this killer is is so crazy. I guess <laughs> he's so crazy. He's got that crazed strength that he's <laughs> able to break his bonds in the in the mental institution where he's jailed up, and then also rip a girl in half with his bare hands. That's what I thought at the beginning. Until somebody jumps down to fight this guy. Keeping in mind that we're in the upper roof portion of the theater. Yeah, he jumps down into darkness, and it's like wet. It's- <laughs> He jumps down into like a pile of like water. The sewer system? What? Yeah. It it has been raining pretty violently outside. So we're just assuming that this is just a room on the second floor that's collecting water? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yep. Uh, and the killer meets him down there with a fucking chainsaw. Where's the... Why is there a chainsaw in the flooded room? Don't care, but he's got one, <laughs> and it's fully revved. We haven't heard it going, but he's like... Ring, 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 and just chasing him around with this. It kind of explains how that girl got cut in Honestly, half. and it's... That whole death is... Because he dies there in the wet room. <laughs> is done with, like, flashlights from above shining oh, down. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. Man. That's how you would see an owl. That is how you would see an owl. That's, well, that's also how they They come out at him. night, you'd be like, what the fuck is that sound? And you would shine your flashlight and you'd see an owl with a chainsaw killing a guy. Well, first you hear the owl out in the darkness. You Ooh. hear him with his teeny little chainsaw. Yeah, that's how they spot him up in the rafters too, right? Like they're using the spotlight and they, so they catch good. him. So good. So many great little details in this movie. Like I love making fun of it because it's got a lot of odd choices, but it does such brilliant shit all throughout. It's, it's not like, just so wonderful. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so great when you watch a B movie that doesn't have just like one or two little great moments. Like I'd say like half the movies we buy from Vinegar Syndrome. It's just like it's got a five minute chunk where you're like, this is an A plus movie. Justified the purchase. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of it, I think, you know, whatever. You don't have to pause it if you get up to go to the bathroom. Like, oh, you might miss John Saxon not wearing a shirt, but, you know. Pause. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but Stage Fright is littered with genius little moves like double not 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 quite double exposure shots but just like scenes where the camera does something crazy fucking cool uh just transitions and camera turns like things where like a key stuck inside a lock or a key stuck inside the floorboards is like taking up the majority of the frame but the killer or a, or a girl trying to skulk around the killer is hiding in the background it's 
awesome. There's one really great surprise corpse shot, and it's and it's solely surprising because of how well the shot is framed. There's like a mannequin because what is a stage if it's not littered with? I really thought that mannequin mannequins. was going to turn into a person at the end of the movie. Yeah, so did I. Um, but there's a mannequin so close to the camera that it's blurry, and then our character is running onto the stage looking for somebody who's dead. La la la. And so you're kind of trying to focus. In the depth, but the foreground is so blurry and close that it's really hard to differentiate between the space. So where am I supposed to be putting my attention? Yes, and it gives you kind of a 3D factor because you can really see the depth because of how close that mannequin is. And then a corpse comes flying through, like dangling (laughs) in the middle ground that you didn't even like realize existed. Yeah, the money hungry producer. Yeah, who was just uh, who who died counting his money (laughs) actually (laughs) performing his scene. Oh, it was good stuff. No, it was really good. This, yeah, this film is so littered with great moments, and like, yeah, it's a little long. It's got some. It's got some slow, like slow parts where you're like, this is a little languishy. But then suddenly, somebody will get their fucking arm cut off, uh, <laughs> and so, you're like, thank you for this reward. <laughs> and and beheaded with an axe, just like in one clean fucking swoop. Good stuff. Honestly, the severed head work, very good in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, you know, we still have not mastered a great severed head. I don't know if there's like, you know, a hall of fame of severed heads. Hmm. Uh, oh, you mean like the actual severed head, like when you see it the, after it's been cut off? Exactly. Okay. You know, th- there's been some passable severed heads, but you really can't, you really can't get the the corpsiness of a severed head like you can if, say, you're having the actor under a table and their head is on the table. Yeah. Like, there are really great moments where they use the actual actor playing this severed head and they cut so seamlessly from the actor who's clearly poking out of a hole in the table to the owl lifting it up and chucking it. All you need for that is the the hair to be very good. Mm-hmm. At one point, he puts the severed head, obviously back to the camera, on a mannequin that has no head. It's great. So good. Yeah. <laughs> The end of the movie, like the, the the final girl left standing, is a girl who's been knocked out. Like while they were going up on the rafters, she she, she did have final girl energy before that, though. Oh no, of course, but she's basically left for dead by one of her friends, like the descent style. And it's when... her. It's the girl who was getting her role after she oh, was I, fired. Oh, I totally get there's the... there is some reasons why she left her behind. Yeah, no, <laughs> the understudies totally willing to throw this girl under the bus or toss her in front of a killer, I guess. Uh, but she wakes up. Half the cast is dead. But she still needs to find this key and skulk around. And when she uh, when she finally makes her way out to the stage where she's spotted the key, the killer is sitting there with the entire cast of corpses just hanging out around him like he's in a fucking lair. Uh, I guess like honestly, that never gets old at the end of a slasher movie no. when they've assembled all the bodies. I will, I will never get tired of that. Right? You're and- like, yes, please give me the overture. <laughs> It feels like a bit of a spoiler to like name a few that I love, but we've talked about some of them on the podcast, so if you know, you know. But Happy birthday to me. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a huge spoiler, but it- <laughs> uh, it's a, I guess it's also like an owl hanging out in his nest with a whole bunch of little bones. <laughs> Ooh, that would be what an owl would do. I love how much real owl behavior has come out in this podcast. I did not feel it while I we were watching it. I was not thinking about it while we were watching it, but I... I, it resonates in my soul now. But now we're just like, oh wow, they really, they really thought this through. This I have become good. owl. Yeah. <laughs> 
There is one like super cheesy moment and I don't know if it's intentional or it's just how I interpreted it. But after she finally gets the key, which we talked about how is visually wonderful, it's super tense. Mm -hmm. Like the owl is literally sitting above it. She's trying to wrench it out without making a lot of sound and to the owl seeing it. But as she sneaks back and is running towards the door, there's like, you know, an iconic monumental Italian shot where she's running and the glint of the key reflects in the camera. But I guess to get the glint, they had to use a really big prop Yes, the key suddenly becomes massive (laughs) in her hand. She's running with a clown key towards the door. And like, I get it. That glint was super important. Totally worth it. Uh, But that was a big ass key. (laughs) Huge key. Yeah, and she can't she can't quite she can't quite get the key to unlock the door. She gets into a scuffle with the killer and then we get another staple of 80s horror baby. We get a full body burn. She kicks over a fire that they've been having in a there trash can. Yeah, there's a lot of trash can they, fires. I, I'm no. back on board with you saying that they're definitely not doing the play here unless it's like very atmospheric cuz there's obviously no heating. <laughs> they're trying to heat the entire space by burning trash in a bin. Well, I thought maybe they lit the trash can fires because at some point the owl knocked the power out but then the power went back on and then it was out again yeah no it's definitely not we don't see anybody lighting them they're just lit yeah uh she knocks she knocks it over and he gets caught on fire and his polyester owl costume just goes a floof (laughs) (laughs) which gives her the opportunity to run to the door open the key uh, and you know, alert the police who are sitting outside doing. She absolutely hits the nothing flag. Literally, she just runs to the car. We she cut, and then the all the police, flag. all the police are there. There's ambulance. Like she's in the back of a cop car. There's press. We we skip the whole like the police need to come and find this body because yeah. they don't find it. This huge old procession of dead bodies coming out of the door, but there should be nine. There's only eight. She comes back the next day because she lost her watch. Lost her watch, and we—it's—it's it's a thing from earlier. It's like the Chekhov's. Like, I'm too poor, but I'm not pawning this watch because I love it. Yeah. Um, and then she loses it, and she's like, "No, not my expensive watch." Where she meets Willie, who finds a gun that they've been trying to use, but they were like, "Oh no, it's not loaded." But turns out it's loaded. It just had the safety on it. When the killer pops out, Willie shoots him in the fucking head. Uh, Willie saves the day. Mm-hmm. But right before the credits roll, he, the killer opens his fucking eyes. He smiles, which is really He grins great. at the goddamn camera. Oh, good stuff. And then we get Marilyn Monroe with the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You think he's got supernatural powers? He's got He's got supernatural strength. I think the smile at the camera's got to exist, like, in another universe. Like, it's just... It's just a fun way to end the movie. Yeah. Just go out on a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Like how Jason Voorhees, the kid, appeared in the end of Friday the 13th, the original. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, actually, that's not real. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just it's a, a ta-da. nice- It's a ta Yeah. Ta-da. You, you gotta go out on a ta-da. <laughs> like, you have to send people out of the movie theater going like, whoa, that was fucking wild. Otherwise, it's just like, oh man, great movie. The last five minutes were real fucking slow. After they know. fucking cut Pamela's head off, like, yeah. what the fuck are we to do? We got two ta-da's. They were like, ta-da, killer's got a grin, and then ta-da, Marilyn Monroe's back with the sax. <laughs> I love that. Man, I, it's I, whose choice was it? They're like, you know what? Highlight of this movie, the one thing everybody's going to be talking about that we got to go out on, Marilyn Monroe with the sax. It's key, though, to one thing I really like about this movie. I was very surprised 
upon before recording this, realizing that this was from 1987. Where did you think it was? I thought I thought it was in the 70s, set in the 60s. Mm. Like it's got a very timeless feel. Maybe just because of the that the pregnant couple have that kind of like 80s punk hair. Okay, but everybody else looks like they're from a different era. Yeah, because I think the play is supposed to be like a 50s street, right? Like it's supposed to look like 1950s. Otherwise, Marilyn Monroe makes no sense. (laughs) Boulevard of Broken Dreams kind of thing. Oh, that's what it is. Isn't the, like, didn't the, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams is a, is a painting, but like the one that shows up in every like parent's basement is the one that has all the characters swapped out with different, uh, like Rat Pack characters. Not Rat Pack characters, but like the like, 50s icons like James Dean, yeah. Elvis, and Marilyn Monroe. They're all sharing a milkshake with triple straws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we, we, you know, instead of having bulldogs play poker, it's going to be the fucking, you know, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin or something. I had that painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally did. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a good, good Italian slasher movie. Yeah, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I was going to. It has so many good fucking moments. Yeah. I felt uh, like such a fucking idiot watching it because I've, I've started this movie like four times. And for some reason, I've I, either I've fallen asleep or I've just like turned it off or whatever. Like, I don't know why. Like, I would never get past the first five minutes. And it's like, oh, good. I can finally check this off the watch list. Like, I don't know. Might, might be good. Might be trash. Kind of loved it. Yeah, and it's it's it appears a lot like it's been recommended a lot as like an underrated film or mm-hmm. like, you know, not a lot of people talk about this, so we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I've always just disregarded. I'm like, yeah, the owl killer plays. Sounds great. Uh, fucking great. Yeah, really <laughs> Fucking good. wild. Loved owl. Like, loved the kills, loved the shots, and loved the, like, the theatery aspect of it. The play that they were originally doing looked a little, like, what is this about? But uh, it it sold me over. Are you trying to say that the owl is a critic? Like, the owl is coming in and being like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> what is the owl? Like, what is the owl? Um, in the original play, what is the owl? Is it just, like, a night stalker? It's a bird that- of prey. <laughs> That's all it is. I think I just—it's a nighttime bird of prey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, but yes, it's the power of the, of the stage, Kim. It's eternal. Uh, you know, like you you may you may die, but your work will go on, which is why the killer exists at the end of the movie. <laughs> mm. No, don't buy into that. This is me being dumb. <laughs> no, I like it. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw a rating on this, and we're gonna get out, so that way Kim doesn't keep believing all the weird, dumb stuff I say. Honestly, about this movie. you're just spitting out facts today. Like, I can't even argue with the shit you're saying. These aren't even good takes. This is just like the best that like AI would come up with if you asked it what the metaphors of the movie were. Well, fucking John AI is hitting gold. All right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of four. I'm also a three and a half out of four. Yeah, Probably was... not like the objective rating, but it's how I feel. Oh, it was a blast. Too many moments to rate it any lower. Like too yeah. many amazing fucking moments in this movie. Yeah. Every time something cool happened, I was like, oh, that's probably the last great thing this movie's going to do. Like, so glad it's here. But like, you know, maybe this is the, this is where we start the decline. It kept fucking serving. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> real, real good. And shout out to everybody that like always tells us to watch it, but we've just been ignoring <laughs> Because, like, beyond lists on the internet, like, you know, in the Discord, people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for an Italian horror movie. It's like, oh, you got to check out Stage Fright. Oh, Aquarius is real good. That fucking owl, bro, you got you to see it. Uh, we were wrong to wait so long, but I think uh, it's it's nice when a movie hits the way it's supposed to hit, and I had a great time watching this. Yeah, and honestly, never a bad time to watch it. It's got, it's kind of got everything. You could watch it, like, delirious late in the middle of the night. Yeah. You could watch it at 8 p.m. Like, it is... 
all of the weird vibes. Yeah. All of the vibes. <laughs> it's a barn owl burner. Uh, let us know what you thought of Stage Fright or Aquarius Deliria, however you call it, over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast, in threads at Nightmare on Film Street, or in our Discord at NOFSPodcast.com slash Discord. Come chat with your fellow fiends, recommend some horror movies. Who knows? Might wind up on the podcast in a future episode. It's very true. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you've been listening to us for a while and you are a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, consider supporting us. You can do it for free by rating us wherever you're listening to the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you could leave us a review even, it helps us grow the show more than you know. And if you want to support Nightmare on Film Street, you can join us on Patreon to get bonus episodes, access to our monthly watch parties, and all the fun perks we have over there. That is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub or patreon.com slash nightmareonfilmstreet. Big shout out to the patrons in the Fiend Club. Uh, their support is kind of what keeps this show rolling. Uh, and it's spooky season, guys. Like, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we got hundreds of episodes in the back catalog. We've got even more in the Fiend Club. You know, if, if October is like the big month for you to watch horror movies and listen to horror movie podcasts, we welcome you to the show and we'd love to have you stick around. We promise it doesn't get weird and gory and stuff. We're just goofs talking about horror movies. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. <laughs> Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.